Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's one 844 Leaf. Hello, listeners. How are you? This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from, yes, Key Largo. I'd like to say hello to all the listeners out there. Thank you for uh, coming back from all over. It's amazing. Once you consider how, uh, I guess started out with radio when, you know, AM radios, when signals could bounce around off the clouds and, you know, you know, that's the AM radio can travel, the signal can travel a little longer than the FM radio because of the propagation, the wave propagation. So you used to have powerful, radio stations that go reach hundreds of miles. And there's a song by, what was it, from Devo maybe, uh, Mexican radio. But there used to, Mexico didn't have a regulation for how powerful radio stations could be. So there were a lot of Americans that would go over the border to uh, Mexico and they just pump out these uh, huge signals on these stations. You know, they have all crazy shit. They could advertise whatever they want. They weren't restricted by U.S. laws because they were broadcasting from Mexico into the United States. And so they can make all these crazy shit would happen on, on Mexico, Mexican radio and stuff like that. Not because it was Mexican, because they decided not to regulate the airways that, the way we did. Much like the Internet is now, right? So I can say fuck shit poop, all that stuff. So it's interesting. And somebody says, you know, you don't have to do that, Jim. You don't have to curse. I've heard you talk for long, long intervals of time. And you didn't need to curse. Well, I like that. I like the, every so often, I like to be able to drop a little F note here and there. I am from Philadelphia, originally. And that's what I do. And it's like I hear from a lot of other people Fuck is just a word. I use it as an exclamatory. It's much like an exclamation mark. You know, shit, goddamn, all that stuff. It's not, I'm not damning God. I'm not taking a shit. I'm not fucking somebody. It's just an interrogative. And it doesn't mean anymore. And sometimes people can say the most foul things without saying any of these 
all words that are explicit. You can, in innuendo, you can be very provocative, very vulgar. It depends on your intent. And my intent is not to do that. It's not meant to insult or be bawdy or any of those things. But today I wanted to talk about, first I'll start into um, one of my regulars, Howard, Howard Saunders. I'll feature him today. He's a great guy. I'm not going to say any negative about Howard. He, uh, he comes into the catch on a regular basis, helps us out. He does uh, a lot of big jobs for the owners of the catch. And he's also become a very good friend. Nice guy. And uh, Howard and I—he's—he's he's my, as we call each other, we're—he's my brother from another mother. And uh, topically, we we look very different, you know. But we're a lot alike. We get each other, you know. So Howard—he's uh, a couple years older, just maybe, see, eight years older than me, something like that. 65, 7 years older than me. But in some ways, because he's a grandfather, I defer to Howard, even though he's not that much older than me. So we we talk about things every so often. But one of the things is I got into a conversation about the jukebox at the catch. And I said to him, you know what the amazing thing about jukeboxes today? Because we were talking about jukeboxes and, you know, how they he talked about how great it was that this jukebox had what like 100 singles in it or 200 singles in it and I said that jukebox over there has hundreds of thousands if not unlimited because from my understanding it's connected to the internet and the pool of music when they pay for it they're paying for the use of that song when you pay for the jukebox thing right so I told me said so almost fundamentally every song that's licensed can be played and even some traditional songs that are you know just like on Amazon when you go to Amazon for case in point when you go to Amazon the reading portion of Amazon there are books they don't charge for like the collective works of uh, William Shakespeare or if you want to read Sir Arthur Conan Doyle I, there too, I know that aren't still under patent or copyright. They don't have copyright protections. I mean, certain editions might, but you can get, you can read most of the classic there, Jane Austen, whatever, uh, because there's no existing copyright. And when it comes to songs, when a jukebox, uh, a jukebox should pay. I mean, I imagine the big ones do, these internet ones. They pay an ASCAP fee or whatever fee it is. Some to, you know, if someone pays, I hope they get a decent amount, but they're pretty much paying almost 65 cents for one song. If it's two credits for one song and you get three credits or two credits for a dollar, it's a dollar or something. They should at least get, the artist should, uh, whoever owns the song should get 10, you know, 10%, you think, it's time it's played. That's got to be pretty good, you know, for some of the big songs like Rolling Stones, uh, 
Oh, oh, anything. You know, anybody owns a Beatles song. You just, every time someone plays it on a jukebox, country western song, whatever fucking song. So, uh, Howard, we were looking for one guy. It was an artist named T.K. Soul. T period, K period, Soul. I think it's spelled, I don't know if it's S-O-U-L or S-O-L-E. But Howard had a favorite song, and he told me about it, looking for a lady. And he was describing the song to me. It was funny. Because he says, you know, I love this song. And Howard happens to be uh, African-American, right? So... I, I grew up, I probably grew up among, uh, among a lot, you know, not enough to be able to relate, I guess. But he was talking about this song. And I think Howard may have said to me, I want to paraphrase it. It's like you were in prison for a while and you get out and you're looking for a lady. And you're just really hoping to have a lady. And Howard, I said, I am almost certain there was a better way that is not T.K. Soul's song looking for a lady is not about a guy who's real horny who I mean he could it could have been a guy who was in the Navy and he got off a boat and he was out to sea for like six months and he was looking for a lady sounds like a guy who's uh, the, the Howard's uh, portion was funny I said Howard that sounds almost like you're stalking somebody you know looking for a lady I'm stalking a lady I said I bet TK Soul meant he's looking for the lady. You know? I mean, he said, but if he says if he was looking for the lady, wouldn't he call it looking for a lady? I said, because you know what? It probably sounds better for looking for a lady. That's what I said. And then that's my point. I said, TK Saul was not looking for that. But it turned out that song is not on the jukebox. They got other songs by TK Saul and they don't have looking for a lady. And someday I'd like to get a, uh, you know, actually get permission from TK Soul to play that song on here. Maybe I can pay him or something like that. I don't know because it, there is no ASCAP. I mean, obviously, if you, you can get it, I could get it on Spotify. And Spotify pays for shit. So I can't imagine why this jukebox does it. So. You know, they may be the perfect people for me to get as an endorser here. I said, yeah, whenever in a year you download their app and you can play any song, any place you want, when you want, you get free credits and all that, blah, 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 blah. Say all that bullshit, right? I could do it. So I would always joke when I come in, I put on my, I, I turn down the jukebox and I put on Looking for a Lady, how it goes into ecstasy over that. You know, and I said, and I describe people like this. He says, he's just looking for a lady. It could be, not Howard, because Howard is happily married. He just likes the sentiment. So I'm just saying, not Howard. Um, the guy, he's looking for a lady because he was out to sea or in prison for a while or stuff like that. But he doesn't care if the lady has a big Adam's apple, a big bottom, you know, whatever. He's just looking for a lady, you know. And that's satisfying his basic urges. Or... And then Howard looking for a lady, a lady, someone who's ladylike. You know, not just one lady, a lady, the a lady. So that's my play there. Um, on the news there, uh, let's, on the news front, I am 
back to teaching classes next week. My spin class. It's been, I've taught, in the last year, I've taught three classes, filling in for somebody. Now I'm going to be regular one, at least one day a week. And, you know, eventually I'll get two or three and that'd be great, you know, because nothing like having to work out for a job because I have to go there. And that was the first time when I stopped working out was when I got, I was doing four spin classes a week and then I stopped working out. Now, because I didn't have any spin classes, I needed to work out. I want to lose some weight, so I do that. So now I've gotten in good shape and I'm going back to spinning. So I have to look for new music. I got to get some new new music. I got plenty of old music. I got some, I got some really good playlists. And if your listeners out there are familiar with uh, spinning or Peloton and stuff like that, generally on Peloton because they have more exposure. Peloton doesn't use really big songs. They use more like club house mixes and stuff like that. And they have a certain amount of music they can use for their, their background. And for smaller spin, people just use whatever they want because unless you're you know, it's a big popular spin club. You don't get hit up with ASCAP fees, right? So I'm not going to say, but if you have any suggestions for music and current music or something you like, I would like anybody that works out, try to forward to Jim at keysbartender.com some music from the last, let's say year, year and a half that you think it was good. Now for spin, you got to have a decent baseline. And you want to have good tempo. The heavy tempo is good for climbing and fast tempo is good for sprints. And, but if you have any that you would like to suggest, please send them to newsbartender.com. And also, as any of the questions that you want, I do appreciate you for listening. So, to get back to the subject I started on, uh, I was talking about Looking for a Lady by T.K. Sullen. It brought me back to memories when I was thinking about You know, I write a little, I do write ideas down what we're going to talk about. And what I'm going to talk about was relationships. How do, how do people find relationships? I was single for a very long time. I am, how old am I? I'm going on 58 years. And, you know, counting like boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, I I think it started around 15, 16 years old. I say 16. Started taking a day fixing. I always had an interest, you know, in having a relationship. And I do appreciate some people have different lifestyles and different, you know, they, they're attracted. You know, some guys like guys, some girls like girls. Uh, uh, you know, some like both. I I had a early propensity, uh, uh, heavy attraction to girls, but not like crazy. I was kind of nerdy, so that was my kryptonite. Kind of nerdy. But nerdiness was my superpower. I guess I was slightly vulnerable. So I could have been nerdy. I was nerdy enough, tall enough, uh, just acceptably looking that girls could approach me. And I was outgoing. I kind of nerdy, kind of somewhat physical. I played on little sports and stuff like that. But tradition, you know, I, I was, I was kind of like... Um, a cool, I, there was a song called Cool Jerk, but I wasn't a jerk. I was kind of a nerd, but I was also kind of cool too, but not super cool. I'm not saying I was one of the cool kids, 
But, you know, before, early on in high school, I was one of the guys that smoked pot and drank beer in the woods. But that was with a bunch of guys. Every so often, we there were some girls would be around, but I could never, I never had the confidence when I was younger. And the confidence started coming along in high school. And even then, I think part of the attraction, I was really never sure of myself. You're never sure of yourself. I run into these young guys all the time. And I see the way they are around girls. They're never confident. If they had a confidence, some of these young guys are overconfident. Or their overconfidence is kind of like a front. Because they're afraid, really, of being who they really want to be. You know? And then there's some of the nerdy ones. They're being a way they don't want to be, you know, want to be. And they don't think people will like that. So there's all different types, you know, and and there's guys that are just generally, and the same as goes for girls, that generally assholes, and they are who they are, and they let maybe sometimes they let people know who they are, or some they pretend not to be the asshole until you're really close to them. But this isn't that kind of show where we're talking about those people. We're just talking about meeting people right now, looking for a lady. So I came down here in 2007. I told you a brief history of myself before. I was leaving a marriage. I was married for six uh, six years. And uh, I got separated from my wife. Didn't have any kids. So we didn't have this custody battle or anything like that. And she ended up within a year of being with someone else. And eventually two years later being married and having a kid. Which is great. I'm not, this is not about disparaging her. This is about that I was single for a very long time. I was engaged a couple times before then. So, you know I'm 57. That was 20 years. So that was 37 to 44. I was married. And then again, I was single for about three years. They met Abby. Well, they were productive years. And they were productive years before that. You know? Uh, when I say productive, I'm in a relationship now. So I, I'm not saying like I'm off the market and stuff like that. I, you know, it's a fortune to be get a little older. I can summon uh, a, a lot of energy to go to the gym and work out. I, my goal for working out right now is just to be healthy and be able to work. It's not to attract women. Though the byproduct, I want to look good for my lady. Yes, my lady. I don't have to go looking for a lady, but... Um, so that's a byproduct. I like to look good for that. I like to be healthy for my family. Um, part of it is ego because uh, as I'm back to spin instructor, so now I don't have someone leaning over to Abby like they did, you know, three, four years ago. And, you know, one of the snowbirds that came down here to one of my classes after not seeing me for six months said, Abby, what are you feeding him? Because I had put some, some weight. I had my, I had my dad body. And that's not bad for a guy in his 50s. But I'm a spin instructor. So I'm held to a much higher standard. Yeah. Otherwise, I go, look at that guy. He's a spin instructor. I'm projecting. I could be whoever I want to be, right? So I'm not going to body shame anybody in this episode. But, but what I'm saying, I was single for a long time. and knew how to meet ladies. Didn't have a problem. But I came down here in 2007, newly separated. And so being out the market in six years, I still knew how to talk to girls and ladies and women. I said girls. When you say girls, my, I mean, 
even when I was newly single and I was 44, I really, I mean, I, my, my young side for me was 30s, right? It was 30s. And it's still, you know, that was youngs for me. I, I didn't, I never really liked dating anybody much more than eight years younger than me. That's when I was, I'm talking about when I was in my, my 30s. I really, you know, it was 21. When I got to 21, I liked 21. I liked 22. You know, I didn't really care if someone was a couple of years older than me. And when I got to 20, you know, 25, 26, I definitely liked them to be more than 21. So as I got, so I like, like maybe, I, I like them to be older. I wasn't looking for younger. That was my point in my conversation. But I, other than that, I didn't have a type. Obviously, I want to be physically attracted to her. I wanted them to be nice. But I had a pretty wide range. I didn't have emotion for, you know, skin tone, hair tone, you know, hair quality, eyes, short, tall. Though I knew I was very, since I'm 6'4", I had a better chance because a lot of guys didn't go off the, after tall girls. So that just was, you know, when you're dating and you're not necessarily looking for a lady or the lady, you just want to date, you look for Whatever, right? Whatever you're attracted to, and I was—I knew I was having a high, really high success with tall, taller girls. Some, some smart girls like me. Girls that like to laugh. I'm, I was pretty decent with that. And they—I mean, obviously, they—I'm not saying I—I I didn't realize I wasn't comfortable in my looks. I'm—I was—I was told I was handsome. I don't. I don't know. I thought I always thought I was like an ordinary guy. I always thought I was an ordinary guy. I was ugly. I was an ordinary guy. So I came down here in 2007. Here's Anna. And my buddy got me a job at a restaurant. And I'm thinking, okay, okay. And I don't know if it was my behavior or just my reputation following me. So this guy at the time was my best friend for years. We were, fr- we were friends for over 20 years when I came down here. So we met when we were in our mid-20s. First thing he says to me, he goes, listen, don't think you're going to meet a lot of girls down here. It's not that kind of place down here. Now, he could have been saying that because I was living with him. He had a sailboat. I lived in one, the aft cabin. He had the, the uh, bow cabin, the master. I had, but it was still decent. It was a cabin on a sailboat. And we were in a port. We were in a, a little port. What do we say, a port? Uh, um, a marina that, had, you know, had n- nice little accommodations there and stuff like that. You know, showers, restrooms, and, uh, you know, washer and dryer and all that stuff. That was great. The marina, right? So I was there for a couple months. And he, I guess he was saying, you're not going to meet any girls. You're going to have to go someplace else or blah, 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 blah. And I said, but we're, and I'm looking at it. But we're bartenders. Now, I can I couldn't come and take a look at myself. I don't really know. I was newly single, and I thought, wow, I wasn't really ready to hop into any relationship. But I wasn't against it either. It was nice to you know have someone to appreciate you again. Come down here, and I was, you know, 
couple couple weeks, I'm fine. And all of a sudden, I met a Pilates instructor and I stayed at her for a couple months. Right? And when the first time I took her out, I met her on a beach. I met her on a beach. I borrowed my buddy's Jeep. He says, what do you need it for? Oh, I got a date. He goes, who? A Pilates instructor. Where'd you meet her? I said, at the bar. And he goes, you ask her out from the bar to go to the beach? I said, no, no, no. I told him the whole story. We were, uh, I met her at the bar. She was supposed to meet, you know, she was supposed to be a, a, a blind date kind of hookup. Girlfriend, older was supposed to be for me. And she, she's 29, a polite instructor. She was supposed to be for this other guy I worked for. You know, the manager of the place. It turned out she kind of liked me. You know that. And I said, well, I went to the supermarket. I'm shopping. I was going down the aisle, and, the, and while I'm there, I see one aisle. I see the girl that was at the gym, and she noticed me, and because it was one of these things, it wasn't a very busy uh, supermarket. And I, I, I was immediately, you know, just staring at this girl. I was kind of recognized. She turned around. She goes, "Jim," and I go, "Well," and we started talking. And then the funny thing happened. They started shutting down the lights progressively as we were going through the stores. The store, different aisle, different aisle, because they were closing it down. Everyone had to grab what they were shopping. And uh, I was just getting a couple things. She was single, too. So she was only getting a couple things. We kept on running into the next aisle together. And we ended up in one aisle. And she goes, what are you doing today? Are you off today? I said, yeah. She goes, you want to go to the beach? And that's when I ended up going to the beach. And that's how I met Now, on that island and stuff like that and then all this other things and I, I went to the gym and I I had my own agenda for meeting people right my own agenda my own strategy my own strategy was being welcoming smiling you know introducing myself asking someone's name stuff like that and then if they responded and wanted to talk to you talk to them some more you find out some information then you take the next step it could be coffee could be out you know something else so that that always seemed to work for me. You know, I wasn't big, you know, for the kill right away, but I was, I, I guess I was more in like the 80 percentile of doing it. And I kind of finessed it. That's what I think. I kind of finessed it. I was, you know, more friendly in the beginning. And then I'd like to see what, what would develop with the friendship. If it goes to be a friend, it's friend. You, you can, you can, you know, see someone as a friend. That's great. But then you have, you know, other girls that want to see you romantically. You know, I'd, f- I'd find that out in, you know, sometimes in the first couple minutes. I could find out just the way they laugh and all that stuff. But this, I was understanding that the keys were like sm- small towns everywhere. They just know you have a certain type of person down here and you have people that are down here. So when everybody's new in town, you have to get kind of your bona fides because you just don't want to hook up with someone no one knows. You know, the stranger, the new kid in town. Remember the Eagle song, New Kid in Town? And, you know, some people want a known quantity. But the problem with the known quantity is in small towns and stuff like that, you know what they've been with and who been you know, what they've been up to, who they've been with. You know their exes, right? And you know a history of it. And you hear good stuff and bad stuff about that person. And a new person, it's only the stuff the new person lets you know. 
right? It's only a new town. But even on that, even in a small town, think of a small town. People inside a small town has uh, like small communities like this. And when I say small communities, maybe my community is big compared to some of you listeners. I don't know how big Alcorn, Nebraska is or Bay, Bayview, Ohio. I know Washington, Virginia is a tiny town, but I don't know. Washington, Virginia, even though that's a tiny town, it could be next to a bigger town. If you don't know, you know, if you're in a, in a town of 10,000 people, you know, there's only probably like 100 or 200 people that are eligible to date at any time that are free and up to your, you know, maybe maybe even less. And depending on the circle you're from, like there's people that are clubby. They go to clubs and there's people that go to bars and there's people that go to church and there's people that go to the gym and people that are serious about certain things that just work and you know, it's just all these things. So there's different groups people travel in. Well, here I was a bartender. I was just running people that like to be in bars. But I was running a nice restaurant. And a lot of different people had to come into the nice restaurant. There was being a bartender in a club. Even though a fun place like the Caribbean Club is a fun place. But don't the people that go to Caribbean Club normally on a regular basis... Or people that like going to a Caribbean club. There's no food there and stuff like that. It's a party place. It's it's a, you know bands. It's a good time. It's a good time to go there. But it's not for everyone, right? You know, it's a fun. It's a fun place, and there's a lot of fun places. But I was only meeting those people. And when I stopped in, I got here in 2007. In in August of that year, I got sober for seven years. Then, my circle got bigger. I was in a small town. Now I'm sober in a small town. I'm still meeting some of the people that like to go into bars. And then, I'm also meeting people that aren't in and stuff like that. And I, I never realized what a hindrance that was for me. <laughs> right? I didn't know that because I drank too much. That at certain times, my, most of my relationships ended due to either directly because I drank too much or because of the behaviors due to me drinking too much. So that was my issue. And I guess it was the issues the women in my life had to deal with. And it's a shame. I apologize for that. Today. And, and, I, and a lot of times I, I let them down. That way, I pretended to be something I wasn't, a steady individual. I'm still fundamentally not a steady individual, but I have the ability to make, you know, the to endeavor to be that steady individual and see where I'm failing at that. When before, when I was drinking a lot, I didn't even consider that was an issue. I was a fun guy, you know. But the small town, this stuff is just, you know, you just run into it. And they always, they would say kind of derogatory thing. You don't, you, you know, you, you don't lose a girl. You just lose your turn. Well, that's kind of derogatory. I mean, that's the thing. It's a limited, there's limited choices down there. So you, if you want to date someone that lives down here, 
then you take what you got. Saying that it's not your turn, that's kind of like the you're relegating that person to almost like sledhood, and they're not. It's tough in these smaller communities. A lot of people don't like uh, long-distance relationships. And you know, nowadays, it's easier to be in a long-distance relationship than ever before because you get you can see them and stuff like that, but people still like the, they like the physical part of their relationship. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about being there. You know, being there for your partner. Whatever type of relationship you're in. Gay, straight, bi, whatever. They, they, people want to be with the person they choose. And sometimes they, you know, in certain, you know, actually, I'm not talking about the people that aren't happy with their relationships and are looking to get out. So, I always thought the bigger than, you know, when I say, and it sounds like the metaphor is horrible, but it is. It's a, it's like having a, uh, a radio station in Mexico. You can have a small station here in the United States, let's say in Texas, and it's only good out for like 30, 40 miles, maybe 50 miles. But you can have a huge, huge uh, Mexican radio station that reaches halfway across the United States. When it's casting a wide net, and get more listeners. Now, the big station in Amarillo, Texas, that may have, you know, 25,000 people listening. Mexico Radio may have had 100,000, 200,000 people listening, 500,000 listening. But that's because they were going over 100 times the area. And they just got more listeners. And the same thing goes for making, you know, making attempts. I know you want, you don't want to be seen as the person going to the dance and going up to every girl and asking them to dance. And once the other girls see that you're being turned down by every girl, you know, you have nothing that breeds success than other people seeing that you're successful. But there's, on the flip side, they see that you're failing. They have a tendency to pile on then too. So you have to be careful about that. But I've done that share thing when I went and when I've asked when I was in high school, I've asked girls to dance and they didn't go and they, they didn't ask for a second dance. It just wasn't I mean they didn't accept the second dance for me. So they're not you know, I wasn't their cup of tea. I wasn't fully formed yet. You know, and I've I've uh I'm not negative towards those girls. I'm not like the incels and stuff like that where he's saying they should be, you know, I, you know, I feel bad for those people. Obviously, they weren't blessed with certain skills or certain capabilities. I'm really good looking to know how to talk to girls. Really. They didn't develop that school skill. School. Yeah. That was, you know, it's, it's kind of like school. So, you know, in a, in a certain town, so and stuff like that. If you're not aware where you are, if you're tired of meeting the same people, maybe you need to change out, change the places you hang out, and think about the type of person and where that type of person would be, where they would be, and what their interests would be. Generally, if you like with hang out with you like uh, you like to smoke crack and you like to hang out with girls and uh, smoke crack, you should go to a crack house. 
Simple metaphor. If a girl likes sports, take her to a baseball game or a football game, whatever interests her and stuff like that. But if you're looking for someone not like that, you're attracted to someone like that, don't wait for them to come along. You got to get that group. Luckily today, and I used to say shit about these things, yes, I understand why people go on Match.com and all that stuff. And I think what happens with that, I think it's great. I think it's great because then you could line up your, if you're being honest, if you're on Match.com and you're being honest about what your likes and dislikes are and what your personality's like, then you may have success. But sometimes a lot of people lie and try to mislead. And then when they see the possibilities, oh, I have all these possibilities. They don't appreciate what they get. And they don't appreciate the work that they need to put in with what they have. And they're more likely to shit can in a relationship instead of working at it. There is, obviously, you, you, know, you may not be old enough to remember this, but in the 70s, there used to be I think it was Love Story started as thing is. But there was a little thing. They used to have it on side of cups. Love is, uh, in, in Love Story, it was love is never having to say you're sorry. Well, that's not necessarily true. Never having to say you're sorry. Meaning, if you love someone, you don't have to say you're sorry. Or you don't have to. Well, when you want to, if you did something you didn't think was appropriate, or love is, whatever it was. But they had always these love is quotes. And, but I think in the 70s, they were thinking more of it's like sticking. The, the idea was long term. And then you had the crazy 70s and went into the 80s and stuff like that. And multiple relationships. I know people down here that have been married five times. And several times to the same person twice. And and um, I find that I mean, some people need to be in a relationship and stuff like that, and some people don't. I mean, if you've been in a relationship and stuff like that, and you had one for years, son, you haven't had one, it could get quite lonely. Some people never had a relationship. Other people had lots of relationships. I I was one of them. I could have possibly been one of those people, just one of those things, you know, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing another woman each time and building up that I mean I would have to move all the time I would get sick of it I mean seeing him I couldn't I couldn't do it as a bartender really I mean anybody you know sometimes people if you don't enjoy being in a relationship with them some people harbor Hard feelings. This may not be news to you, but people harbor hard feelings for you if you decide that the relationship you're in is not for you and you decide to move on. And that person may decide, listen, we just don't get along. We fight all the time. It's not good for you either. We're not thriving. And so in certain jobs, you don't want people showing up at your job all the time reminding you that, you know, trying to tell you you're a failure and and if they harbor hard feelings for you, they could actually make trouble for you in a smaller town. Not so much in Philadelphia. That wasn't that wasn't a problem in Philadelphia. But down here, you see it. I'm not used to that stuff. I'm not used to that stuff. 
And luckily, I wasn't that active for that many years down here. I don't know that. So it's kind of like that other saying, don't shit where you eat. Right? You don't want to be one of those people if you don't want to be seen as an, a, a Lothario, Bigelow, or, you know, a male slut. Right? I mean, yeah, these things like, it may seem cool when you're in a relationship, guys, but I'm telling you, no woman, no woman would trust you. I had that in Philadelphia. No woman really trusted me in Philadelphia. They knew I was kind of sneaky, a sneaky Pete. I don't like my no insult to Pete's out there, but that's just what they call. Them. So um, w- w- the point was that sometimes the effort of American making a relationship work, and if it works, it works. I'm not saying you can't make you can't change somebody, and if someone's not willing to try, it's not worth it either. But if some both of them work at it, and both of them have reasonable success and reach common ground. Many times, because you're always going to, every so often, you're going to have a disagreement. And there's going to be a frustration. And that frustration will work itself out as an argument because you're most comfortable with that person. They know you already, so you can lose your shit around them. People don't lose their shit as much around new people. I mean, why would you want to advertise? Sometimes people only lose their shit around new people. I think that sign sign of disingenuous because they say, I don't give a shit about them. They're never going to see me. So that's that's that. Now uh, on a, another story I am going to probably in the next month or two I'm going to be venturing out to do shows from local establishments. And probably do a history of it. Probably we'll start with Key Largo and then work away. Eventually I'll work my way south. And maybe I can get some jobs down there. I'll do, you know, signing jobs. I don't want to get in detail that. Signing jobs is things we do as a notary. It's a loan mortgage servicing when, they, when they, people are closing. But I'd like to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please share uh, the, uh, this episode or the show. You can go right to the show and share the episode because then they'd have to download every episode. And, you know, every so often you find, may find some pearls of wisdom or you can just laugh at me. I don't, I, don't, I don't really care. This is what I do instead of journaling. You know, I do, I do care that you are doing well if you're going through the trouble of listening to this and I want to provide some value for it. And my value is just perspective. It's not law. Because you may have a different respe- uh, perspective. And I'm respective of your perspective. I just know what works for me. I don't necessarily think every system works for everyone. Different diets work for people. Different workout regimens work for people. Different belief systems work for people. I strongly believe, and this is my belief system, that you shouldn't hold firm to any one particular system and don't have any animus or animosity towards other systems because that just harbors negative feelings and negative energy and stuff like that. But that's just me. 
uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'm going to be signing off soon, and we'll be back again. Maybe today is Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to turn this music down. I don't know if you... If any listeners out there, if you send me, are my intros too long or too short? And don't say too small, because I know the innuendo you're about to make. That's some, I don't like small. I like it to be long. Okay. I understand. Well, this is Jim, the Keys bartender, signing out. Have a great day. Bye. Be-bop.